Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. But um, I'm super excited, like I said, about tonight's service, um, about the message I'm going to share. I believe that it's a simple message, but it's a practical message. I believe that it's uh, God's number one agenda. So as a believer and as a Christian, it should be our number one agenda as well. And what that is, that is sharing the love of God, sharing the hope that we have in Him with others, with those that we come in contact with, with our friends, our family. I know we're in this weird phase of social distancing, so it's a little hard to do it. But you can still share the love of God through everything that you say and do, whether you're just reaching out to somebody and saying, hey, you know, I want to see how you're doing. There's some people that I hadn't talked to in a while, so I reached out to them, and they know they're not believers, but just say, hey, you know what, I'm praying for you. I'm hoping that God's best for you within this season of, of quarantine time, and if there's anything you need, let me know, and I want to pray for you. I want to be there to help you. It's those little things that can be a huge impact for somebody's life. Uh, I want to start our service today uh, in um, the book of Matthew. So go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 4. Now, um, before we start reading... Uh, Matthew chapter 4, we're coming in right into uh, this time where Jesus was actually in a time of social distancing. It says that he had, he had gone to the wilderness to pray and fast for 40 days and for 40 nights. And he comes out of that time of, of self-quarantine, you can say, out of his time of fasting and praying. You know, we've been on a quarantine, self-distancing uh, uh, time for about six weeks now. And throughout that time, I have not fasted at all. I'm coming out of this quarantine time a little uh, extra fluffy. I don't know how you feel. Maybe you are as well. I've been eating everything in the house. Good thing that the markets are still open because we've still got food in the pantries. So it's been an awesome time. But anyway, I digress. Okay, Matthew chapter 4. Let's start reading Matthew chapter 4. We're going to start reading at verse uh, 19. We'll start off at verse 19. Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you, wait, stop right there. Don't read more. Don't read anymore. Let's pretend for a moment that you have never heard this verse, that you've never read this verse, that you've not, you don't know what's going to, what, what he's about to tell them, that I will make you what? He, you don't even know. You've never heard it. You've never read it. Let's pretend. Thinking about it. Okay. What would Jesus tell them? What would he, he tell them? I'm going to make you. I would say that he's going to make them something epic, something amazing. I would, my mind would go to movies, and I would think, like, you're going to be a superhero. You're going to be amazing. You're going to do all these crazy things for God. That I'm going to make you the head and not the tail. I'm going to make you above only and not beneath. All these amazing things. But he comes to them, he says this. Let me read it to you. It says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. This is so, uh, it's kind of weird, <laughs> You see, because he comes out of this time of prayer and fasting, and he comes to these men who were already fishermen. These guys grew up fishing. They, they live, breathe, and eat fishing. That's all that they do. They, 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 their parents do it. Their, their fathers do it. Now they're doing it. And he says, hey, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Now what is this doing? He's saying, I'm going to take the very thing that you do, and I'm going to make you do the, do the exact same thing, but the complete opposite are completely different than what you're actually doing. So this, this time where uh, uh, you're, you're fishing, but I'm going to have you do that, but I'm going to flip it and you're going to be a fisher of men. So what does that mean? They're like, what does this mean? It makes no sense to me. I don't get it. He says that the abilities that you have, the skills that you've developed, 
the thing that you thought was the only thing that you can do in your life, that you thought was just uh, minuscule to the, to the things of life, that I'm just a fisherman. I'm going to take those skill sets and I'm going to use them to change the world. See, I, I don't know, maybe I'm talking to somebody today. This is maybe a word for you that, that you feel like, you know what, I've, the things that I do in my life, they're unseen, they're, they're unqualified, they're not great, they're, they're not uh, amazing things for God. And I want you to know this right here. I'm telling you right now, this is a word of God just for you. That it doesn't matter where you feel you are right now or the things that you, you, you do in your life that you feel that they're not good enough or, or they're not enough. That I want you to know that God is enough. And that you're enough because he lives inside of you. He's going to take the, the ordinary things in your life and turn them into the extraordinary. See, what's going to happen when you release who you think you are and begin to start walking in who he's designed you to be. It's going to be amazing. I want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. That this isn't it. That, that our life doesn't end just in this self-quarantine. That God, he has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of our lives. And we're coming out of this time better and greater. See, I want you to understand that God has something great for you. These men, he... He says, I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm going to do something great in your life. I love the way that Jesus connects with people. I love the way that he connects with people before he connects people. He gets to know them before he just interjects things into their lives. He understood that they were fishermen. So he talked to them in terms that they knew. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. See, they understood what that meant to be a fisher of men. Turn with me to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. Let's turn over to Luke. Let me know when you guys got there. Say yes and amen. Just kidding. Luke chapter 15. Let me get there. Luke chapter 15, verse 10 says this. I want to read it to you. See, here's the... He got, Jesus called these men. But why fish? Why, why, why do we need to be fishers of men? Because this, number one, there's joy in fishing. When I say fishing, I want you to understand that when I say fishing, I'm not talking about actually going out fishing. I'm talking about sharing your, your, your life and faith with somebody else. See, if you truly believe that God, out of his mercy and grace, set you free, redeemed you, pulled you away from the grips of sin, from sin, death, hell, and the grave, then there's no reason why we can't tell others about the God that has so graciously saved us. See, I know where I've been. I don't know your story, but you know your story. So knowing that God has done so much for us, there's no reason why we can't tell somebody else about the goodness of our God. This is, there's, there's joy in fishing. Luke chapter 15, verse 10 says this. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of angels and the angels of God over one sinner who repents. 
That means when someone makes Jesus their personal Lord and Savior, who turns away from their life and turns towards God and makes him their personal Lord and Savior, it says that there is a party in heaven that just destroys everything going on on earth. That it is just nothing compares to the party in heaven over one person dedicating their life to God. It's a beautiful thing. There's joy knowing that I can bring someone who's lost in this dark and dying world and bring them to our Heavenly Father. That's a joy that, that is unspeakable. That's something that we get to do. There's joy in fishing. And the second one is this. Romans chapter 10. Fishing is necessary. Fishing is necessary. Romans chapter 10. I want to share this with you. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 and 15. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall, we, shall they be called on whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. There is, it's necessary. How are people going to know that we have a God that, that loves them no matter what they've done, no matter where they currently stand in life, the things that, that they are right now? How will they know that there's a God on, that, that loves them so unconditionally, that doesn't want to see them hurt, dying in this broken world? See, God loves you exactly where you are. He loves you exactly where you are and exactly who you are. But he loves you so much that he doesn't want to leave you in that current situation that you find yourself in. That he wants to bring you up to a better place and a plan and a purpose that he has for your life. But how will they know unless a Christian, a believer, lets them know, you know what, there's a God that loves you. It doesn't matter what you're going through today, that this day is not the end of your days. That God has a plan and a purpose for your life. You and I fishing is very necessary. God has called you and he's called me to be a fisherman. And it doesn't mean that you have to go door to door knocking. If that's what you want to do, that's totally fine. I wouldn't suggest to do it right now because we're in quarantine. But hey, after all this, if you want to go do that, it's totally awesome. That's up to you. But God has called us to be fishers. Number three. Number three is this. Why should we be fishers of men? It's every believer's calling to be a fisher of men. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. Very quickly. I want to read this to you. Matthew chapter 28. It says this. I'm going to read verse 18, then we'll go down. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the, of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. See, understand, you know, we're just coming out of this, this season, this Easter season. I believe we're, we're still, we can celebrate Easter all year round. The resurrection of our Lord and Savior could be celebrated nonstop, 24-7. That's how it needs to go. But we're coming out of this season of Easter. And I heard this pastor say that he said, God did not save you to take you. God saved you to send you. It is so vital. It's so important that we go and we share the love of God with somebody. That God did not send his son to die on the cross so that we can just go to heaven. 
No, he sent his son to die on the cross so that we could have a relationship again. And it's on us to go out and let somebody know that there's a God that loves them no matter what they're going through. That they don't have to stay in that hurt no more. That they don't have to stay in that situation that they find themselves in. That there is a God that is yearning for a relationship with them. God loves them so much and it's on us to be a fisherman and let them know that there is a God in this earth that loves them. So what does this look like? What does this, this life as a fisherman look like? Like I said, you can go door to door, door, to, go door, to door. that's what you want to do, that's totally awesome. But I, that doesn't mean, doesn't mean that's the only way to do it. This life could be just you sharing uh, your love with someone. Hey, you know, I love you. Um, can I pray with you today? Uh, doing something nice for someone. Being a, a, an example of Christ in someone else's life. Let me show you a story. Um, Talking about fishermen, I remember as a child, I would, uh, every year, I get to go fishing uh, with my grandpa. Every year, as a young boy, I would go to my grandparents' house for about a week throughout the summer. Uh, one week throughout the summer, and my parents would drive me out to Mission Viejo. And I thought Mission Viejo was the farthest place ever. I would fall asleep for an hour. I would watch a game. Uh, I mean, I'd play games. I'd watch a movie. It was like the farthest place to go in my life at that time. Now I realize it's only like 20 minutes. I don't know what I'm thinking. But I would go there, and I would spend the whole week with my grandparents. And one of the days, my grandpa would wake me up super early. And we would go out to the Mission Lake and we would go fishing. And it was so exciting and fun. And I actually have uh, some of his stuff here. So I'm going to show it to you. This is my grandpa's actual tackle box that he had. And uh, he would bring this out. And it, it had all these really cool things. And there's a few things that I learned about fishing through him. Um, I, I wanted that Not all fish like the same bait. I learned this. There was There's some fish that like these... Uh, Laurels, laurels, I think, uh, that have like little tails. Looks like a fish and it's got a crazy hook. There's, there's some that like, there's some fish that like sparkly things. That's like uh, some of you, you women, you like sparkly things. And so they would like these kinds of things. But then there was also just bait. All different colors. It's, oh, it stinks. It's really bad. But it, it's got glitter in it. It's pink. It's striped. I don't know why. But... There's all different kinds. This is so weird. It's like neon yellow. Oh, that stinks. Okay. Um, let's see what other ones we got. We got this other brown one. There's just tons of different fish for, I mean, tons of different bait for all these different fish. Why wasn't there just one type of bait for every single fish? I asked my grandpa that. Like, why can't we just get one and that'll be good for every single fish? And he said, because not every fish likes the same bait. And I thought, okay, <laughs> looking at it now, I realized that not every person likes the same bait. And there's a reason why there's tons of different kinds of bait. Because I understand that I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Like I, my style doesn't, doesn't reach everybody, but there is people that relate to me. And I understand that I'm their bait. So just because you may not look like me, talk like me, act like me, doesn't mean that you're, you can't catch fish. Because you're just a different kind of bait than I am. See, I understood that there's, there's things in here, there's abilities that you learn from fishing, understanding that, hey, I, I can be someone's bait. I have a Taj's fishing pole here. It was little. And I remember as, as a child one time, I, I, we went on a, the church went on a camping trip, a men's camping trip. And I had this fishing pole. 
And I remember I didn't know any, I still don't, I didn't know anything about fishing, but I went and someone tied it all up for me and I casted it out and I, maybe five, five minutes in there and I caught a fish. And so I reeled it back in and they took the fish off and they re-put a new line. I threw it out five minutes later, I caught another. I ended up catching like five fish that day. One thing I realized that when I, when I caught a fish, I was nervous. I, 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 I didn't know what to do. Like I had it on the line and I was pulling it in. But then once I got to me, I was super scared because it was flopping around really fast. And I tried to grab it and it was slimy and wet and it was just super weird. And I was awkward with it, trying to hold on to it. I didn't know what to do with it. And a lot of Christians are like that. Like I, I get in front of somebody and I go to minister to them, but I really don't know what to do. I'm kind of nervous and, and I'm scared. Like I know just to share the love of God, but I'm scared. What do I do afterward? I've got a hold of them. And sometimes the, the fish is it's moving around. It, it's, it, it doesn't act the way that you want it to act. And one other thing that I learned about fishing is that fishing's messy. That my grandpa, I remember when he would catch fish, he would, we would take it to this area and he would wash it off. And then he would pull all the, the, the guts out and stuff like that. And he would clean it all out. And then he would prepare it and take it home to grandpa, grandma to, to cook. See, I, I understood that fish aren't caught clean. That you have to clean them. That we have to clean them. So I, I can't expect fish to just be clean just because. That I have to put work into helping them get clean. See, but a lot of times... Christians, we're at church and we're thinking, you know what, I, I don't want to go out and go fishing because the, the, the fish, they're not clean. I, I don't want to get dirty like they are. So I'm just going to stay here in church. I'm just going to stay here and just let pastor preach to me. And what has happened is that we've created church to be an aquarium. And now we're no longer going out. We're just in the church and we've created an aquarium. Now we're fish just in an aquarium, just hanging back, waiting for pastor to come and feed us. It's for pastor to do everything, for pastor to come out and clean our, 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 our tank. And he does everything and we just kind of sit around and wait for him to get done. And I don't have to go out and minister to anybody anymore because these fish are dirty. But aren't you happy that someone... Used bait to catch you and, to, and brought you to God and said, you know what? I, I know that I'm dirty, but there's a God that can clean you up, that can make you whole again. See, church, it's on us to go out and share the love of God, no matter what is going on. It's easy just as texting somebody, let them know that you love them, that you're thinking about them. God loves you so much. And he loves this dying world so much that we can't hold back what God has so much, so blessed us with this, this gift that we have. You know, faith and hope is not just given, but it's also to be shared with somebody. I need to share my hope with somebody else, knowing that, hey, this, this, there's stuff going on in the world. There's fears going on about this, this virus, and, but I have a hope and an assurance that my God will see me through. That whatever this world may bring, my God is bigger and stronger than it. That it has to bow its knee to the presence of God. That I know that I'm better than that. That my God is bigger than that. Amen.
Let me tell you again. God did not save you to take you. God saved you to send you. I love you guys. Thank you guys for coming out. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.